as the lady. You know, we just don't need to be stopped and frisked. We're also, Some we're stopped and frisked in the subway like three times a day. From the smallest room in New York City. So I have been checked. I'm clean. I'm good. Comes the show that gives you a reason to live. Some of you could benefit from a good frisking. This is not an official position of this program. More personal opinion. I don't often express a personal opinion on this show. I believe once you start doing that kind of thing, you can really compromise your integrity as a journalist. That said, I miss Ray Kelly. And nothing against our current police commissioner, Bill Bratton. I mean, his law enforcement credentials are in order. He brought CompStat out of the tunnels of the Transit Bureau and onto the street. He began the expanded use of stop and frisk in New York. Along with Giuliani, ushered in the crime preventive policing era in New York City. Though now, he seems more like a qualified administrator. Kind of an experienced a bureaucrat. Uh, but he can't help but if stop and frisk fell out of favor. I mean, and the racial tension that boiled over, that's on the mayor. Because I guess that's what happens when you pander and continually push a victim narrative. And we're dealing with a mayor whose idea of improving police community relations is to promote the idea that the police are racist. <laughs> that's not going to help. We must acknowledge the hostility that exists between the NYPD and black New Yorkers. And the reason there's hostility, he says, is because of the racist-ass NYPD hating on black New Yorkers. What did you think was going to happen? You keep telling a group of people, here's all the way it sucks to be you, and they're not going to say, thanks, you really get it. They get pissed off. Well... Joining me now, Polly Mosens. Hey, Polly. Hey. You are um, uh, no longer at Newsweek, right? I am not. I'm at Bloomberg now. I like it a lot. It's a cool place to work. Well, I'm very happy to hear that. And congratulations on the new job. Thank you. Still writing? I am still writing. I still write for the magazine there and for the internets, and I'm still at Polly. And uh, that's everything else is exactly the same. Oh, yeah. Still eating brie alone in your apartment. Still eating brie alone in my apartment. My office has uh, good snacks, so I eat other stuff, too. Tell me about the snacks. Uh, a lot of different kinds of chips. All of the different kinds of chips. Oh, you mean it's not just like one of those potato chip scenarios? No, no. There's like root chips and like like a snap pea turned into a chip. I don't know. It's good. I don't know why. Is it uh, a, a spicy thing? No, no. It's just, it's, I think it's just because it's so deep fried and like you'll eat it. I don't know if you deep fry something, and put it in a bag. Someone's gonna eat it. Oh, yeah. me. Even in New York City, is that true? I guess. Yeah. Well, they should put some sort of a limit on it. You know, like that's 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 what that's what we need more of in government today. People telling you how big or small your food can be. <laughs> <laughs> you know, uh, I don't care because listen, and I and I know that you don't like to talk about these things, and I wouldn't ask you to comment, but I think that uh, I think that when when Mayor Bloomberg, who I, I think is the greatest mayor that we've ever had and this is me talking not you and uh and i'll leave it alone but i just want to say uh i think the, that the reason he was talking about those you know like uh, talking about large cokes and stuff like that you know by the, is because he'd done everything else his, <laughs> his agenda was complete for god's sake he got around to it you know cut him some slack and uh you know i mean if it would have been de blasio in office they'd still be stepping over sleeping bags in zuccotti park for christ's sake <laughs> well we have uh now a new era of policing, a new era in New York City, uh, which is really starting to take hold. And I think it began when uh, de Blasio, you know, came into office and he started doing things like he dropped the uh, the appeal uh, of uh, 
Shira Sheenland's decision when she ruled that stop and frisk was unconstitutional. What's your opinion on stop and frisk? Um, I think when they decide to move away from it, it was a good idea. It was a good idea for New York. It was a good idea culturally. And I think that considering crime has not gone up at all, in fact, has gone down, it kind of proved that it was the right move for New York. That's been my opinion of it. Where I used to live over in Alphabet City, I witnessed a fair amount of stop and frisking. And in my opinion, I'd never saw anyone get arrested at the end. I just saw them kind of go about their day. And it didn't seem, it seemed like it was a lot of work and didn't always get a lot of reward and considering the city has gotten a lot safer our murder rates are the lowest they've been in ever since recorded new york history mm-hmm. then clearly we're doing better as a city yeah it's it, it, it since 2005 i think that's when we achieved the we were the uh, of the top 10 uh, largest cities in america the least with the least, uh, the, the lowest crime rate that's what we should have when you walk into like jfk new york Probably not going to get murdered here. Yeah, well, and uh, you don't want people to take their head off a swivel, though. And uh, I always think it's a good idea to be cautious, and especially if you're down in Alphabet City wandering around. I hear that used to be a heck of a place. But look, it, it's not really about the fact that, like, over the years, you know, it did become less useful, I think, because, look, it, it didn't really uh, yield as much. I, I mean, it wasn't always about just taking guns off people. It was about things like discovering... Uh, outstanding warrants and and finding other crimes that that uh, people were responsible just seeing what they had under their nails in general you know <laughs> and 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 well and good and and a lot of and i have to agree with uh, a, a previous mayor who said that you know what it's it's not about the number of people in the city it's about who's committing the crime and the crimes that are uh, reported and things like that you know i think that de blasio's uh, read on the whole thing was rather mm, I, I didn't like hearing him say that you know uh, because he got elected because of his son Dante, you know, pretty much it. It was it was an afro. We elected a mayor based on hair. <laughs> well, you know, I think we're kind of electing a president based on hair right now. So <laughs> I, I don't think that that's. I think it's just a thing in politics nowadays. Yeah, maybe. Arnold Schwarzenegger. We elected him based on abs. Do you think know. that uh, you think Trump is going to be our next president? I I don't necessarily think that because. I looked at like, you know, all the polling and everything, all the, you know, infographics that they do. So statistically, it does not seem possible. But um, I think also, if you asked me a year ago, I would have said statistically, it does not seem possible that he'd get the nomination. Well, look, the NYPD can't help it. They're just racist, right? (laughs) I do not endorse that statement, nor do I endorse any candidate for president. (laughs) Oh, yeah, right. Uh, You know, uh, here's something that that really bugged me. Is that uh, when De Blasio made a um, uh, uh, the statement about uh, you know, just uh, just last year, my black wife and I had a talk with our black son Dante, who's obviously black. You might remember his afro from the election, but uh, we got a lot of press on that afro. Like you have to take special care with hair like that, that the cops don't shoot you. You look like Julius Irving. What's the fucking point of just coloring the cops racist like that? If you're the mayor, people listen to that shit, and I think you're really. I think I, I never was one of these blood on your hands type people with with de Blasio. But the more I think about it, the more I think, you know, he really did set that tone. I don't know. I think it's more complicated than that. But I, I also think that the NYPD kind of uniquely this city 
is always going to have really complex relationships between the police force and whoever is in power because the like there are career officers here. People want to be in the NYPD for the rest of their life. So they come and they see everybody come and go. So I think the cops here are kind of like in a unique position to deal with a whole lot of different personalities all the time because they know at the end of the day, at the end of those four years, or maybe if he gets, you know, two terms, they're still around. I think they're, I, I give the cops a lot of credit for dealing with a lot of different political narratives and like staying good at their jobs. They're, they're amazing. They do an amazing job and they have, you're right. Their job is just, I mean, I would never want it. I, and, and like, uh, it, they, it's a dangerous job. It's not only dangerous, but it's, it's constantly dangerous, you know, uh, and it's a responsibility. You, you've heard the phrase 20 and out that gets used a lot. And I yeah. think that like, I don't know that people want to be career NYPD officers anymore because, you know, it's just difficult. I mean, they turn their back on the mayor. They, that picture, um, that photograph where it's a bunch of officers that had turned their back and then two officers facing forward. I always, an article I've always wanted to write is find those two guys that were facing forward and just ask them, like, what were people whispering around you? Like, <laughs> what, what were they saying? Because we, we didn't record it, but we know something was being said in that crowd. It would be a very... Mm-hmm be a very curious image but what i just mean is like with you get you know you get these career guys and i feel like they are so equipped to deal with all these different political personalities that no matter what any mayor says mm. they kind of know the drill and they know how to do their job in any circumstance like right that. but it, it 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 creates a hostile environment and and better to have non-hostile than hostile and better to have respect for the cops than non-respect i mean like i don't think that you improve community relations by saying they're racist <laughs> You know, what you're doing is public relations for yourself. You're pandering. You're getting everybody on your team, your voters, your electorate. You're making a big show, but you're really throwing the cops under the bus because then they have to go out there and be considered racist. I don't think he's been that outright, but I I also feel like New Yorkers in general are not like crazy cop haters. I think a lot of people that actually live here and anyone that's been on the subway at three in the morning has a lot of respect for the police because you're going to need them at some point well, or another. Well, he's not that. Oh, you, you should. But I'm telling you, man, I, I I think that the hostility is there. I think that I do. I really do. I think that I think that it's much more. I, I think that he's been much more uh, outspoken about that than maybe uh, than, when you when you say like we had to train our son in how to deal with cops, specifically the NYPD. You're you're essentially saying. The cops will shoot you because you're black. Well, I think in general, it's always kind of an uncomfortable thing when politicians invoke their children, even though it happens all the time. And like, you know, the whole baby pissing, baby kissing politician thing is a, <laughs> a baby pissing politician thing is a much more interesting dynamic than yeah, I wish politicians poli- would participate in. Shaking hands and letting <laughs> babies piss in their mouths. <laughs> but Or just piss on them. That would be, I want to see a politician change a diaper. That's what I'm looking for out of my life. Yeah, right. Don't kiss the baby. <laughs> But change a baby. I feel like in general, you see a lot of this weird dynamic between politicians and kids. And I kind of just feel like maybe leave kids years or others out of it. Like maybe let's just let I don't know. Politics is weird and bad enough that we don't need children involved. Yeah. Save I guess, them until they're 18. I, I, I guess it, that's. Yeah. I mean, he is practically 18. It's not, it's not like he's a, a, a small boy or something. That's true. But when he was running, though, yeah, that's a that's a formidable age. Your dad's up. I mean, think about that dinnertime conversation. He's sitting there. His friends are probably making fun of him on Facebook. He's like, oh, dad, what the hell? He wrote that whole commercial that he did, the Dante commercial. <laughs> he, he he had his own ideas about what he wanted to do. They didn't just give him a script. He's like, yeah. you know, he's my dad. Uh, here's here's what de Blasio actually said. Sherlane and I, that's his wife's name, his, his black lesbian wife. You don't get more progressive than that. 
Sherlane and I have had to talk to Dante for years about the dangers he may face. We had we have to literally train him, as families have all over the city for decades, in how to take special care in any encounter he has with the police officers who are there to protect him. Uh, yeah, just watch out for overzealous, angry, trigger-happy racist cops. Just I, because- think, I think he's trying to be cautious. I don't think he's trying purposely to, you know, paint with a broad brush of rage. Well, I mean, he did say this right after uh, they didn't indict the cop who, uh, who who choked Eric Garner. Uh, so, I mean, it was definitely at a very sensitive time. That's true. I mean, I think in and, and And you know what? If he would have had that conversation that he had with, with Dante, with Eric Garner, <laughs> maybe, you know, I, I, what? here's what I think. If you're going to give that speech to Dante, why don't you give it to all the black young men of New York City? Why don't you man up and say, this is the policy for everybody. It's like, what we do with the no, say it and do it in a press conference. Say, listen, uh, here's uh, black guys. Fucking be nice to the cops. Maybe what? don't resist arrest. Maybe be polite. I mean, maybe what they're teaching Dante is valuable information that should be taught to everyone. I think he's pointing more to like systematic cases of racism. I think that's what he's getting to. But I think also our our mayor and many politicians in general do not have reputation for saying things in the best way at the best. That's why they have speechwriters. They have a whole army of, of people writing stuff for them. And they, I, sometimes they're I, busy and then, <laughs> then this happens. But this was a very carefully thought out statement. And I'm all for saying shit wrong. Believe me. I mean, like I... <laughs> Just saying stuff. I I can't really go into the things I want to go into, but I mean, like, that's the best. I just support it all the way. Like, look at Trump. How Teflon is Trump? He said everything wrong. He said it in the worst way. And people go, yeah, okay, we get it. It's because people respond to that. People, you know, when you speak off the cuff that much, you're going to say some things weird. Yeah, I love Hispanics will really do it, though. I love Hispanics. It's great. But do you remember his tweet that ended in sad exclamation point? I feel like I love Hispanics might have overtaken that in popular Trump tweets. Oh, really? Yeah. What was sad? He would just tweet for a while there. I I don't remember. I remember seeing a list of all of them. He would just put sad and exclamation point at the end of a bunch of tweets. So it became like the Trumpian internet thing to do. (laughs) Oh, man. And now it's I love blank exclamation point. Missed out on that trope. Oh, man. It was a good time what did you think about de blasio giving 41 million to the central park five convicted in the beating and rape of a jogger exonerated when dna tests discovered the semen they found on the jogger belonged to another dude but they were that they weren't out playing touch football in the park you know what i mean they were a wild thing they they beat some people up well i would say two things he did not personally cut the check it wasn't it's not that's not a decision the mayor makes on the on his own he did not necessarily but it it is a decision that he made because there was an appeal against their against the settlement to begin with he dropped the appeal he didn't have to do that and then he and then the larger and the city it's true but the city law department is also like under de blasio Uh, there's a huge difference so they definitely set a tone the mayor does but i also i mean in that particular case you have to look at what the charges are that they went to jail for and that's what they were exonerated of so it's like whether or not they were doing other things you know that can be debated till the end of time the what they went to jail for is not what they did and that's like that's what i kind of like about the law like that's the crystal clear part of it where it's like well they didn't do that thing so well i i get it but also like if you want to if you you would have to really if we're going to go by the letter of the law you'd really have to retry them and that's going to be impossible and and 
I don't know. I, I'm okay with it, but I also feel like in that particular case, I don't give de Blasio, like, he personally went in and, and made that choice. That's such a big, big process with hundreds of lawyers and lawmakers and well, choices. Well, it was his decision to drop the appeal, and it was, and, uh, you know, the settlement came out pretty big, and he's like, yep, sounds good to me. That's and, not and, that big a settlement. Uh, you know, there were, there's people who were locked up for 20 years, Yeah, and it's proven beyond a doubt that they didn't do anything they weren't even in the state there was one guy who was in florida they finally got around to looking into it he spent 20 years in prison or 18 years in prison these guys spent like seven years in prison or 13 or something like that it wasn't that much well it's also the way that you do damages for example like everyone points to the hulk hogan case is like why was the settlement so huge because you do damages based on like how high profile is it and how much did it affect your life like going forward? And I think that's how it came to be that sum. But I think in general, like settlements were really weird and wonky. And I actually I've been thinking about them a lot since the uh, since the Aaron Andrews case happened, because you get in some cases really gigantic settlements and then you get pretty comparable cases that have these teeny tiny settlements. And it really seems like at some point the entire justice system has to get together and put together like a list of how settlements should really work and get some kind of set rules around it because otherwise you're going to keep getting like 200 million in one case and then 200,000 in a really similar case so maybe that's the way to go if you really want to like make it uniform shoot for the stars though and um people are going to resist that for sure because yeah. like, you know uh, lawyers are going to resist that for sure yeah they, they figure they'd rather roll the dice and then also you know what i think once you do that you kind of get people shooting for a certain settlement you know yeah, <laughs> i think true. like well what do i need to prove that and right, then right, and right. then once you quantify the evidence exactly then yeah. next thing you know you have people like cashing checks from the government left and right which is really not too far from where we are uh, right now now uh, stop and frisk is is changing the you know, the old um standard for what you needed to do uh, a stop and frisk you needed like a it was permissible when a suspect made a furtive movement uh, a furtive you know i don't know what a furtive movement well, is. well they would do it and that's it they say you're not a trained police officer but they were, <laughs> how do you uh, make well, a furtive movement you know you kind of look suspicious and, and if right. you're black that helps but if you're in a high crime, it's hard to walk non-furtively with your pants down to your knees. But anyway, they they would conduct it based on, you know, a, a simple set of things. It just, oh, he looks suspicious to me. Now to conduct a stop and frisk to standard, an officer must have enthusiastic consent. Enthusiastic. <laughs> well, that's better than regular. That's what I'm going for most of the time. When I give consent, I do it enthusiastically. Yes. Please search me. I am dying for it. Yeah, um, they they have a new set of um, what do you call it? Like uh, training stuff. That that's what I was really finally getting around to. The NYPD they have uh, they had to have appointed because of Shira Shenlin's uh, ruling. Shira Shenlin's ruling. She was removed from the case, by the way. After she was removed from the case, De Blasio came along and said, "No, we're going to go ahead and, and and stop the appeal." So now her ruling counts, even though she was removed from the case, discredited. And people can debate on whether or not that was valid. And she did sort of imply that she was going to rule a certain way uh, in another ruling because she, she this is a very, very boring episode of the show. <laughs> so sure, Sheenland. <laughs> no, I, I'm just not super familiar with it. But my feeling is always like if at the end of the day, we no longer, you know, are stopping people necessarily and the cops can get on to other important cop things, then um by all means, murder rate's not going up. New York is happy. It doesn't happen immediately, though, Polly. That's what I'm no, saying, is that you're, what you've seen is that the murder rate has dropped precipitously every yeah. year almost until 
2014. And then it leveled off and it's kind of staying right where it is. Okay I think it that. went up like four murders. Yeah, but that's what I'm saying. You're you're okay with it because this is the beginning of the bounce. Oh, you're wrong. I'm it's not wrong. Fine. And I'll tell you another New York thing. York is fine. Oh boy, you're 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 sorely mistaken. Uh, do, do you not see? It's all it's written on the walls. <laughs> Look at the the graffiti everywhere, which they hardly clean up anymore. Right? That's not a good sign. And Polly Trottenberg, your fellow your fellow Polly. I always get her tweets. <laughs> all, I get all her tweets and I always have to redirect people. I'm like, hey, you have the wrong one of us. You should just start answering shit. <laughs> like, yep. I don't know anything about British politics, but I am here to talk about. No, no, she's that's not Trottenberg. There's another Polly that works for The Guardian. Oh, okay. And There's that's the one Polly's. that gets mixed up with yes. you. Yes, yeah. Polly Trottenberg. I, she's the uh, Department of Transportation yeah, head yeah, yeah. and uh, a, point, uh, a de Blasio appointee. She's, oh boy, Vision Zero. We just have to end these traffic deaths. I don't know how many traffic deaths they've actually. Actually a ended. lot. Well, there were a lot. Actually, there were crazy, unnecessary number of traffic deaths. And I'm doing a huge story right now about road safety. No way. That hasn't, that hasn't calmed down that much, has it? Yeah. Well, it they, it hasn't calmed down yet because they're not really done. Um, but also part of the problem with like trying to curb road safety in any place in America mm-hmm. is that it's really hard to teach drivers new like things like drivers are really resistant to change and knowledge mm-hmm. and um, they're, they're limited in their skills too <laughs> myself included mm-hmm. so part of it half like, of them are half of them are women for guys sake. <laughs> let's keep that in mind half the damn population it's, so it's, it's uh, gotten that bad <laughs> <laughs> soon they're gonna be 51 percent. then we're gonna do and why do women have minority status and here's another question about stop and frisk now they said well they're only stopping uh, they stop uh a disproportionate number of blacks they stop a disproportionate number of hispanics and they stop a disproportionately low number of whites that was the the gripe uh now the way that a previous mayor had seen it was to say no we stop too many whites because the whites are actually percentage-wise committing less crimes and we have reported crimes and everything so he did it by that standard not by how many there are because if you went by how many there are then you'd be stopping old ladies and shit. And then I thought, well, how come there was never a sexist complaint? Because how many stop and frisk were ever conducted on women? They're 51% of the fucking population. That means half of them should be on women if you're going to go by that. Yeah, theoretically. If you're going to go by that. But you can't just say, like, oh, guys commit all the crimes. Because then you could just say, well, that's what we said about blacks and Latinos. statistically speaking, men do actually commit the vast majority of murders. And statistically speaking, blacks commit the vast majority of murders. In the, so you can't do that. You, it's basically said we. Yeah, that's not relevant. Frisk, I mean, part of like the issue I have with stop and frisk is I felt like it was taking valuable time away from like other kinds of. Don't policing. change the subject, Polly. No, no, We're saying, talking about why wasn't it? Why didn't everybody make a sexist argument? Because that is a that is empirically true. That the half of the people stopped were not women. So if you're just going to go by who the population is, that would mean. Well, you see, as the superior person here as the lady you know we just don't need to be stopped and frisked we're, also we're stopped Some and frisked in the subway like three I, times a day <laughs> so i have been checked i'm clean i'm good some of you could benefit from a good frisking <laughs> I do believe that. Well, the the new training materials that they have uh, are supposed to go into effect this summer. They're 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 waiting awaiting approval by a federal judge, a new judge, no longer Shira Sheenland, who uh, resigned in disgrace or retired or whatever. I don't know what happened with her. But uh, look, they the proposed the proposed materials they they contain directives, uh, like like this. Uh, don't be racist. That's part of that's one of them. 
It says, do not, and, and this is all set up by their independent monitor. His name is Zimroth, something Zimroth. He says, uh, yes, uh, do not tell or tolerate ethnic, racial, or sex jokes. That's one thing that you're not supposed to do as a police officer anymore once these training materials take effect. I, already I'm mad. Already I'm angry at a policy like that. You're talking about jokes. Yeah, but you can't make jokes in the workplace. Well, I guess not. No, not anymore. Not do not. Office. It says do not imitate the speech patterns of others. That seems kind of reasonable to me. Yeah, if well, somebody's like, hey, hey, officer, you, hey, whoa, whoa. You know, I mean, you can't like, uh, I don't know why that would be. That's how everybody talks here anyway. <laughs> <laughs> it's like New Yorker. You just can't talk. If you have like, like, oh, officer. <laughs> I don't know. Did they do? I guess they, maybe they, they, in an attempt to like sort of, I have noticed though, white people, and especially like, slightly older than me white men will sometimes when they start speaking to someone of color hey brother you know oh yeah hey brother my brother from another mother yeah whenever i see that i'm like oh you're so not gonna connect you're just (laughs) (laughs) it's like a steve carell moment it feels very the office yeah or you're just like i'm uncomfortable for you i see people do that too to like southern people when they hear a southern person talk they want to talk like them and i'm like why are you doing this oh yeah openly that it's like bless your heart you guys are so stupid the way you talk aren't you (laughs) but but then they try to mimic it and you're like oh it's just bad i I, as somebody from the south and and you growing up in kentucky i'm sure that you probably knew people that were very intelligent that were that happen to have a southern a- exactly. all the judges and you know they all have that southern accent even Shira Sheedland she's at the <laughs> stop and frisk judges sound. <laughs> that's just how they have they still have to wear that white powdered wig and have to talk like that one was do not engage in racial profiling well that's just uh, that's always been the deal right don't engage in racial yeah, profiling but you gotta put it in the rules now it's codified it's 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 uh <laughs> Yeah, let's see. Uh, other directors from the NYPD training materials address people of of color as your royal highness. Wow, that seems that seems heavy handed. Well, what are we going to address women as? <laughs> I would. I don't mind that. I have no qualms. I think that one is fine. Just like uh, yeah, I think uh, here's another another policy, a new directive, uh, and here it is. In, in, in this is the complete one. Just like, don't be a dick, man. <laughs> okay. Uh, if you have to choke a suspect, offer an inhaler. Uh, when strip searching a suspect, wear a condom. While napping in police vehicle, one at a time. Uh, these are some things that I wrote. You know, they're not all. These are not real directives. There's no there's, donut one. Do, <laughs> there's not a donut. I didn't get around to a donut joke yet. <laughs> you know, yeah, uh, no artisanal donuts. That looks bad for the department. Well, because they're like four dollars each. When when interviewing a rape victim, do not ask on a scale from one to ten how good did it feel. <laughs> <laughs> oh, do not no. use barrel of weapon to scratch hard to reach places uh, yeah but it says do not engage in racial profiling if you do please do so responsibly and uh, there you go that's uh, that's so uh, here's what I'm going to do with that first section I'm going to cut that down to about four minutes of conversation <laughs> that's all that's going to be all right. and we'll look at some crimes here I'm very interested in some of these things my first of all dearest. we had today Oh my God! In the newspaper, and I'm sure you picked up the New York Post or read. I read. I read the online. I read the online regularly. Rape teach slides. Uh, rape teach. <laughs> rape teach is just the headline. Yeah, rape teach slides. Wow. I just oh, wonder. Man. 
man, I'm gonna miss their. You know, their editor in chief is retiring, and he had a lot to do with the the headlines that they no, have. No, like, no, oh no. I am concerned about the quality of a New York Post I headline. I am too. We cannot lose that. You're so good, right? Rape teach slides. That it doesn't get any better than that. It's a story about a former Queens biology teacher who allegedly forced an underage student to repeatedly have sex, demanded that she have two abortions. Uh, which I think I think it's isn't it an, a mandatory two abortions <laughs> here in, in New York City? In New York State. Yeah. Uh, after a prominent Catholic school quietly uh-huh. fired him, they allowed him to work for years in city public schools. So his name is Rodney Alejandro. He abused a 15-year-old girl at St. Francis Preparatory School. That's and that is some shit that St. Francis needs to fuck. I don't think he'd be behind that at all. Uh, prep schools they breed a lot of molesting. It seems. Uh, well, I think it's ca- the Catholic part of it seemed to be a big a big part of it there. It's not just the prep; it's the the Catholic. Well, this guy's into girls, though. Yeah, well, that's the you get one of those in there, right? Statistically, you're gonna have a couple that are seldom. His as his reported are. victim now 43, living in Queens, declined to comment. But uh, so this rape teach, I guess the I guess the statute of limitations is up on yeah, him. So I he know. so that's how he gets to slide. Wow, he slid. He slid home safe, and uh, good, good for you, Mr. Alejandro. I wonder how there were any other young ladies. You know, when they start uncorking these uh, these these uh, school scandals. Oh, cool, good. Oh, that's good to know. <laughs> A perp walked away from court. A man charged with attempted murder escaped from a Brooklyn courthouse by posing as another goddamn inmate, and he just said, "I'm him." <laughs> You know that happened. You know, remember that crazy shootout in Waco, Texas? That motorcycle gang shootout in Waco? Yeah, like maybe like a year or so ago when Boy. that happened. Oh yes, yes, were, yes, I do. Yeah. There were two guys that they arrested that pulled that. They were like, "No, no, that's not us. We gotta go." And they just they just got released and they left. Wow. And then they spent like two weeks trying to rearrest them. I didn't think the "I'm not him" escape would actually work. Well, apparently we got three examples. That's not bad odds. Jailbird Laquan Johnson, 22, flew the coop from Brooklyn Supreme Court. 10.30 p.m. after convincing the gullible guard uh, he was an old pal of uh, Johnson's. I'm just an old friend of Johnson. I'm supposed to be released. I know Johnson, uh, but you know what? He doesn't look anything like the guy he was posing to be. He's completely wrong size. They just, they were not paying attention. Now, another child rapist choked a Rikers health aide, a uh, convicted child, child rapist, allegedly attacked a female clinician at Rikers Island. One year after he attempted to rape a female corrections officer. So when you're in prison for child raping and you try to rape a guard and then a year later you try to choke her, well, it does start to make a point for chemical castration, doesn't it? I'm never for castration, but Jesus. Well, I guess my question is why don't they just, where is he getting access to all these people? I'm guessing he should be in solitary confinement, right? And then they just pass him the meal through the little thing and then. <laughs> Have you seen the movie Papillon? That's what that's like. No. Well, you eat bugs. It's not It's it's uh, It's not a good way to live. And not that this is like, you know, well, I mean, I'm not say, that he's earned a good yeah, life. Don't get me wrong. I a child rapist, like I'm okay with the, in general, I don't believe in solitary confinement. I think there's a lot of issues when you put people that are like, say, expecting trial when they haven't yet to be convicted. But oh, if you're yeah. a convicted child rapist, um, you just you go on in there by yourself. And well, why is he still at Rikers? I guess he's on uh, that. That I do not understand. There's, there's so much about about that place I don't get. They've really lowered the prison population here. They've cut it's cut in half since the 90s. 
it's a completely different time, and yet th- it still seems overcrowded. There's still so much shit going on at Rikers all the time. It's also just an old prison, so not like super well kept. That's that's another issue. He's been charged with assault. He's awaiting arraignment. <laughs> I guess once you're in the system, you're like, ah, eh, fuck it, might as well. Yeah. Now, uh, other stories. Well, is it because he? I guess, yeah, it's because he gets charged with another crime on top of what I'm sure is a very long sentence to begin with. Yeah, he's on house money at that point. Yeah. I mean, that and, and it, again, makes a good uh, a good case for the solitary confinement. To me, I would love solitary confinement. I'd be like, I'm afraid of everyone here, so what do I have to do to get in solitary? I'll stab somebody, whatever it takes. Jared Fogel, isn't he in solitary? Is he in solitary? I think they have him uh, separated from the general population. Yeah, that's probably good. I'm going to say that's good. Yeah, there would be a lot of uh, there would be a lot of violence directed at him. I'm sure, just yeah. just really, even if he wasn't Jared Fogel, even if he wasn't famous, if he's just some dude who looks like that, that right. would be enough. Yeah, I agree. He looks like a serial killer, Jared, in a way. He's got dork face. It's there's dork face and serial killer have melded. <laughs> maybe not serial killer. Maybe more like um, like a guy who. Um, you know, full-blown serial killer, I think, like Henry Lee Lucas and Ted Bundy and right, people right. who really got shit done. Manson. And then there's these... <laughs> Manson wasn't a serial killer. It was a cult leader, for Christ's sake. There was a woman here who got arrested on a flight, and she's now okay. Tooth sets her free is the headline, and I don't really stand by that one. The tiara-wearing Manhattan art curator accused of biting a woman on an airliner. She was allowed to plead guilty to uh, only a charge of harassment after blaming the incident on her trademark headwear. She goes, I didn't bite her. The tiara touched her, and I guess she thought I bit her. I think she definitely bit her. I'm going to say that I, even if she did bite her, I defend her because who has not wanted to bite somebody during air travel? Who? <laughs> that seems actually, especially but if you're if like I'm all going, the way in the back. But that's the thing. If I'm going to bite somebody during air travel, I'm going to bite the chick in the tiara. <laughs> She shouldn't be the one doing the biting. She's clearly in the wrong in anything that happens. If you wear a tiara, I'm just, I'm on the other team. I, I, I guess that's, a, maybe that's a profiling thing on my part. <laughs> You're profiling Tierra Girl. Here's, but, the, here's the photo of Tierra Girl. Did you see okay. her? Okay. Yeah, that's. You that's, get an idea for what kind yeah. of person she is. Look, oh. at this, look at that look on her face. She's, she's. Uh, it's a surprisingly small tiara, though. Was it, she wearing it on the plane? She was wearing it on the plane. She wears it everywhere she goes. Wow. Of course she was. That's where she, Does she uh, supposedly have a, a title, or is that just how she rolls? I'm look. I'm reading it, and it's. I think uh, something about glamorous. So she's uh, her. Yeah, her title is uh, dangerously glamorous. So I guess she's Miss Dangerously Glamorous. Okay. She must complete 50 hours of community service, 24 hours of anger management classes so she doesn't bump that tiara into somebody else and make them think they've been bitten. I feel like this is a great day, she said afterward. Her name is Ingman. Did I mention that? Stacy Ingman. Uh, And she lives in Brooklyn, which, I mean, we should play Guess the Borough. Because it's really easy. I, I would have guessed Long Island, to be You're honest. You're joking, I really? I would have said that's a Long Island tiara. This is what would happen if you if you let uh, Long Island, if, if Long Island girls just, if their subconscious exploded, it would look <laughs> like this. It, and that's what you have in Brooklyn, because they, oh, I'm free to be me. I'm going to wear a tiara. Yep. And uh, that's the way they are there. 50 hours of community service. I think she's probably going to. Do you do think she's going to wear that outfit during community service? She's going to meet some folks. That, it should be considered an act of community <laughs> service to wear that very, uh, very attractive outfit. So let's see what else I have in in, in this newspaper. Now, now, obviously, 
we're not going to discuss Jackson, uh, Janet Jackson, who uh, having a baby at the age of fifty. She sure get ready for a tard. Get ready for the new Jackson to be uh, severely mentally handicapped. And she's listening to her mom. Now, this is, I'm going to obviously edit this out. But why is she listening to her 83 year old mother about having kids? I don't know. She's got 28 grandkids already. Let it go. I'm 50. If I wanted kids, I would have. She's probably thinking, I'll probably miss Carrie anyway. But also, if you have that kid, you're like making a little cash cow. Think about all the money she's going to get for the pictures. I'm sure she's going to love it and everything also. But like, think of it. Think of the Kardashian kids, how much money they make. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Uh, uh, the mascot regulation is watered down by the city council. <laughs> they, they. <laughs> I love talking about the mascots because nothing matters less. <laughs> but people get so mad. They get worked up. And, and it's oh, it the, the tourists are, are just not prepared prepared for several th- I, I, here's my 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 feeling here's how the situation gets created people come to new york right they get nickel and dimed everywhere they go there's no way to prepare for the amount of suction on your wallet and so when somebody goes oh take a picture and it's you know elmo or some shit it's you don't really think about it because they're not agree you're not agreeing to a price so you're like okay i guess it's fine right this is free i don't have to t- if, I think if you live in Missouri, you cannot fathom a grown man wearing an Elmo costume and your boss isn't making you. So you figure they're working for somebody. Right, right. Maybe they think, oh, the Times Square Alliance or some of the businesses around here and it's like a goodwill thing. Uh, but no, they don't. They're, they're all <laughs> independent contractors. So you have this resentment that they have to like fucking, they're shelling out for everything already. They don't want to tip this guy and they're not allowed to ask for tips. They can't just declare a price, right. so it leaves them just expecting. They have to expect. They have to hope that the tourist just goes, "Oh, out of the kindness of my heart, here you go." Well, intimidation works better. Sure. So dressing as Darth Vader, Batman, you're gonna see. I think you're gonna start seeing a lot more of those type characters. Well, you know who you see a lot of is Cookie Monster, because Cookie Monster has a jar that says cookies on it, and I saw oh. they drew on the cookie little dollar bills instead of chocolate chips, uh, which is genius. Ah, yes. Because you're not saying you have to tip them, but it's it's clear. There's a strong implication here. Exactly. That I would like some cookies. Yep. But I'm a grown up. <laughs> So you get it. Boy, that's a good idea. See, now that, that those are the people. That's how the cream should rise to the top. Yep. And, uh, well, the the fees are not what they were going to be. The licensing fee is $30 now instead of 140 There's no provision to revoke licenses for shady behavior. There's no provision for to enforce any criminal uh, penalty at all. So really, it's a toothless kind of thing. Uh, they they make such a big deal out of it. And then, yeah. and then so they finally pass it. The Times Square Alliance, by the way, biggest bunch of fucking dickweeds that I, I i mean like i don't know them personally but like i think why you know why they make such a big noise about it they don't want people having a good time out there they want them in their store spending money so don't fu- do don't fuck her don't have a good time out there I, I that's what i'm always curious about is like who wants who considers that a good time like walking up to grown man cookie monster or elmo and being like yeah this is what i'm gonna do well, i'm gonna I, take a picture with them say 100 or 200 dollars worth a day <laughs> yeah and that should be spent on you know shoes or you know m&m shit that's you know, true. come and blow your money on a stupid At mug. At least, like, the naked girls, the painted women that they have. Now, that I that is a proposition I understand. Yeah. You that, should give them your money. The day nudas, the day nudas, they, those ladies are first-rate entertainers. They are doing a public service. And all you have to do is just take your shirt off and paint yourself. And I don't think the paint, the paint's not even required. You can go there and just, you know, because like in, in the state of New York, you could be topless. That's true. But I think that they can the arrest helps. you. It, it well, 
Yeah, it of course helps. Yeah. Although I think if you had some lady who just was not doing that at all and was just like, yeah, <laughs> I'm just topless, I bet you she'd do okay. It's well, amazing to me. Women can always make a living just by just take your shirt off and you can make a living. I mean, yeah, that's that's not a great trade off for the centuries of oppression, but like I'm gonna take it. I think it's something. It's, I think <laughs> <laughs> I think it's pretty fucking good. I uh, you know you're liberally defining it as oppression anyway, because I don't think that women are really that impre- that oppressed. I think that they're. We've only been voting for like a hundred years. <laughs> yeah, but you've only been going to war for like never, no years, hardly any years, and and we like had we a in there. look how many guys died in the military. They fought all the wars. They did all the hard jobs. They do everything. You know, like women, you you don't want to do every job we do, just the ones you know, that looks pretty appealing. Uh, we could wade into that, I think, you know. I mean, like if you were football players, you'd be like, well, I'll be quarterback. I'll be QB. I'll be all-time QB. No, get on the line, you fat bitch. You need speed to play QB now. I was going to say, for the jobs that we do do that are the same as men, like we're still not making the same amount of pay. So I will say, if we can make money with our boobs and make more than men with your sad boobs, like that is not equality, but I will take it. That is something. <laughs> My boobs are pretty perky. <laughs> you know, the reason that we still make more money for the same job is because you already answered it. We've been doing this shit hundreds of years. We know what we're doing. We have a history. Huh. Not all of them. The Wall I, Street Journal—they just got in a bunch of trouble for paying their uh, male journalists more than women, and then they now they got to do a whole revamp. It's funny how that works, right? Yeah. I, th- I think that I think that it's uh, it, it's too bad that it even has to be a, a factor. I wonder. I wonder why. And I think it has a lot to do with childbirth, and I think it has a lot to do with you know, if you have to hire a certain number of women, you shouldn't have to pay them the same. If th- I think if there's Ouch. if there's any kind of incentive that's like or or, or like what do you call a uh, you know a quota or something like that if there's a quota then you should get to pay them less. I think you always got to pay them the same same job same money. Hmm. And theoretically, but they don't even pay all the men the same money. A guy who is better at the job who has more experience might get paid more. And a right. lot of the women who are getting paid less, it's not just because they're making less. They, it's because they hire these women probably right out of college. No, they no, get, no, but there's tons of examples of people that have the exact same levels of experience. I'm not saying it doesn't but, exist, yeah. but I'm saying it might not be as prevalent. No, it's pretty prevalent. It it's might, definitely prevalent in journalism. <laughs> I'm saying there are mitigating factors that you refuse to acknowledge, and that's no. just like a woman. I don't blame you at all. That's the argument you have, and of course you're going to stick to it. And and I and but you know just just look at the male oppression too because it is considerable. I mean, like uh, when you think about the amount of uh, money that that like look at the way they they punish prostitution now. The Johns, why should they punish the Johns? They're not well, the ones they doing the business. Anyone that prostitution, I'm kind of shocked that that's still. I think it's because we've been so focused on the weed thing. The next big movement is the prostitution thing. That's got to get legalized. We got to work on that. Well. You know, I mean, when when you look at a city as silly as Las Vegas and Nevada in general, I mean, and you think like, well, they're more progressive and, and smart about that. And But I don't really think that legalizing prostitution is a good idea because, like, uh, I, I think that if you're smart, I mean, it's not the act of selling sex itself because, for Christ's sake, that happens on a daily basis in every relationship. Sex is bartered around and, and and traded for everything from doing the dishes to walk. I had my <laughs> wife be like, "Oh, I will blow you if you walk the dogs. I don't want to go out in the rain." So that you know, I guess I should have reported her, but I didn't. See, I I'm all for it's, legalized, but it, but it's the life. That's what the that's the problem. Is the life, you it, know? But in Vegas, it works for them. They figured it out. They've got a system. 
They got all the STD screening. They got the nice house. I'm all for it. They got to live with that weird old guy who comes and is like, sit on my lap. That's the most... I mean, what about sex trafficking? Because that's going to be... I mean, obviously, that there's an idea which I'm completely against. I think that women can totally be hoes. I agree with Howard Howard Greenberg on this. You can be, you know, be a hoe and it's your decision and you're not necessarily trafficked into the business, but there is, tra- I mean, the idea is that there's coercion. I just don't think you can have it both ways to say like, well, women are coerced into this business. And, well, part and- of why sex trafficking exists and women don't leave it is because they're, they're worried about getting arrested and it's illegal. I think if you, I think you'd have to have like a very hardcore organized system that's like taxed and there's committees and all sorts of things going on. But I think there's a way, I think you'd actually see less trafficking if it were legal. If you legalize prostitution, there will not be a woman fucking for free anywhere. <laughs> And that's bad news. You're going to have women who are just getting drinks. You're married. You're set. There's going to be... Yeah, I'm fine. She'll figure out a way to game it, you know? <laughs> news for Mandy Stabler. But I'm saying at the bar, when you're like, oh, can I buy you a drink? You can give me $50 cash and I'll maybe talk to you, you know? It's <laughs> like, whoa! Things have... Hey, look, that doesn't happen in Vegas all the time. Women have enough of a competitive advantage as it is when it comes to fucking... The cops, uh, they killed a pit bull out here on the street. They shot and killed a pit bull after it mauled... Oh, my God, a Shih Tzu. Jada the Shih Tzu. Hillside Avenue and Sickle Street down in, well, up in Inwood. Rafael Alvarez, 40, he'd been uh, caring for Jada, and uh, he suffered laceration on his hand, for Christ's sake. He said it just wouldn't let go. I couldn't get it off. She was crying in its jaws. Why do people still try to say that pit bulls are not killers? They are fucking stone-cold killers. They eat babies. They eat smaller dogs. <laughs> frequently eat it. Look, if you put okay, a baby in a pen like with a... Are you going to defend the Shih Tzu? You know, I, I think the Shih Tzu is not the most obnoxious <laughs> of the small dogs, but I'm not a fan. It's just... Uh, it's one of those I noise dogs. One, one of those, yeah, they're yappy. <laughs> I'm not saying the pit bulls are right. Noises. I just, like, I would be... I, if it were a different breed of dog, perhaps I'd be I'd be faster to denounce the pit bull. Well, I mean, there's several, but like if it was a Pomeranian, I'd be like, nice going. <laughs> a uh, Chihuahua. I, I'm fine with eating a Chihuahua. Chihuahuas really the the problem with the small dogs they think they're so much bigger than they are. That this dog was probably barking the the fuck at this dog. Yeah. And finally, it's like, look, I am a pit bull. You know, right. I mean, what? I, okay, here goes. Yep. But I do. I have some sympathy for the pit bull. I understand that they, uh, you know, they it's 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 sort of like they're in a constant state of drug withdrawal or something. They're just angry, angry uh, human beings, those dogs. But they still should be all euthanized. They should not. They, they should they, they should be outlawed. I'm not a fan of that breed. I know a pit bull that loves French fries. Every time I see it, I bring it a thing of French fries. This is you sitting uh, watching your your YouTube, a dog who loves French fries and eating brie. That's a, <laughs> that's just me. You, in my you're house. pretending. You're pretending to bring French fries. To, that's a fantasy you have. Where do you know a, do- a pit bull that loves French my fries? My ex-boyfriend had a pit bull. And you visit the, your ex-boyfriend's dog? Well, I see him every once in a while. Oh, <laughs> when you don't want to add your overall number. <laughs> <laughs> just need to knock a little dust off this thing. It's been a while. Just gotta see the dog. Hey, just <laughs> I guess I guess I just want I have half an order of fries left. <laughs> What are you doing tonight? A man slapped a sleeping uh, strap hanger in the face, for Christ's sake, in Jamaica, a.k.a. Jamaica, we also think of as the fanciest place in the city. 
uh, subway train. It was in a subway train. Probably the E train, I would guess. The 46-year-old victim was napping on a bench uh, of an E train. Yep, near a Jamaica Van Wick. That's way the fuck out there where the subway is almost over. Suspect woke him up with a smack to the left cheek. That would indicate a right-handed suspect. But that's, I mean, I most likely. I'm going to say suspect is accurate because you're napping on a bench. You're taking up like five seats. It is the train. Well, it doesn't say he's fully laying out horizontal, but. He's I, you know, napping on the bench. You're not taking up just one. So you think uh, <laughs> that's the appropriate way to. Uh, I mean, you could tap him, but it, okay, this is how I envision it. Do you know how empty <laughs> an E-train is at Jamaica Van Wick? <laughs> <laughs> Everybody's gotten off. You either right. you either live in the worst neighborhood in New York City or you're going to JFK. This is the scenario in which I could I can see that happening though. It's a crowded train. There's this dude laying down. You tapped him. You tried talking to him. He's not waking up. He's taking up seats. There's pregnant ladies everywhere. You you have to. <laughs> I mean, yeah. what choice do you have as you, a New Yorker? You you really advocate for these for some of these suspects, but, but he I, also I, pulled out a knife and threatened uh, him well, the groggy passenger so, before walking out the train. So that's the that's the rest. There's that's also the rest no of the laws story. on the subway. There's no there's no rules on the train. There is like one. Anarchy. Oh, I, I would I would beg to differ. You know, I mean, like they're always telling you that it's no excuse for a uh, for a, for a touch. Here's what I don't understand about that. That's like saying to guys who are not criminals, don't rape people. You know, I wasn't gonna. Don't, it, you know, calling, it, it's just like, now I understand how black guys feel. And it's like, well, black guys doing the crime. Well, guys do most of the raping. And yet nobody goes like, stop profiling these guys and saying, hey, motherfuckers, stop raping people. I mean, rape has continued to fall, but isn't what's happening in society today, and especially with the fucking feminist caliphate that is Twitter and all the other social media where they essentially are doing a mass stop and frisk operation on everybody with a penis between the ages of 18 and 35. I'm going to say you're probably a lot more likely to have someone pat your butt on the train than on Twitter, though. I've had that happen. I turn around. I freak out. I yell. You love it. No, I freak out. I'm weird and angry. But I'm, I'm not, I don't think I'm like the, the key demographic for butt grabbing on the train. You know, like, why, what are you talking about? Because you want to go for like a littler lady that's like quieter. Oh, Polly weighs about three hundred and fifty pounds. So when I got, like, you're 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 not a, you're not a no, big but person. I'm a, you're I'm a you're, tall person. Oh, and, tall. Right, right. Oh, I so, see. Uh, it's more. No, no, I'm not. I'm, yeah, I, yes, I, for those of you that only know me on the internet, uh, <laughs> I hate to break it to you. No, no, you you want to go for like a little like five foot tall like tiny girl like that's that's the it's not Mandy and I. She she and I are not the target. I I do there. worry less about Mandy than I ever have any other girl I've dated. I mean, like she goes out. It's uh, generally speaking, I think that. You know, I mean, of course, sometimes people are armed, and you know, and she's. I'm not saying she's not rapeable, but for Christ's sake, uh, yeah, you're gonna go for somebody smaller, right? Uh, I'm too easier tall. To, yeah. I'm also, you're not gonna kidnap me, really. Like How tall are you? Five ten. Yeah, five ten. Okay, but well, that's key that's material. tall, but that's not that's not like that's not insanely tall. Yeah, but if you're if it's between me and a five foot two girl, she's out. I'm fine. I would think an adventurous guy. Yeah, okay. <laughs> I mean, like, uh, really, it's a it's a crime of opportunity too. That's true. And when people start doing things like uh, taking pictures of of like a, a guy that they say did something, and then some news outlet will just go, "Yeah, fuck it, yeah, this guy's a suspect." I mean, what right do they have to just take any picture that any woman brings? Uh, that I took this picture of this guy on the subway. 
I'm telling you that he's a suspect in a crime. That to me seems like a really slippery slope of just well, like putting a guy out. Shouldn't see a tweet and be like, yeah, this is journalism. <laughs> yeah but that happens all the time like people tweet those like elaborate stories of like this crazy thing happened to me there was one a comedian tweeted about mm. going to a mcdonald's drive through and i was like clearly he's kidding it's his job to be a comedian and buzzfeed ran with it as though it was a real story and the next day he comes out he's like i was obviously kidding you guys well all you have to do is report that somebody said it it's like the weekly world news but right. the problem is the weekly world newsation of the rest of the, the, whole uh, the yeah the, the whole what used to be like i guess legitimate outlets or maybe not i don't know they, they look i mean they, you can't believe anything you read that's for sure i know a crazy cyclist i'm reading this uh attacked a 59 year old driver with his bike lock in Greenpoint. i think his bike at these cyclists are bad news first in of all Greenpoint also yeah point a... polockville right <laughs> and hipsterville mm-hmm. the two uh got into it so you'd think that yeah the cyclists kind of rule that area yeah. so you know just deal with it uh, the guy was driving a Toyota Prius, so you know, well, enjoy that. You will. If That's I kind of like a bike, <laughs> it uses it actually uses less gasoline than a bicycle, <laughs> or more gasoline rather. Less. I don't know. The unidentified biker opened the driver's door, hit the man in the head. They had just over a dispute. He opened the guy's door and hit him with his hands. That guy's jacked up on crank, out biking. I wonder what happened right before he did that, though. Like, I feel like something must have. Fuck you. Yeah, yeah fuck you. Do something. Right. Yeah, but, yeah. You, but you, you should be able to yell that from the comfort of your car, especially to fucking cyclists. <laughs> they but think they own the place. road. You are in a Prius. If he was, like, in a lifted SUV, that, that shit would not have happened. You know, you got a point. Yeah. I would like to continue. I bet there's a place up in the boogie down you don't know about. It's a secular shrine to great Americans. And the Roman ideals of fame, which were favored around the turn of the century. And for your price of admission, which is free, gorge your eyes on an array of bronze busts laid out in a semicircle. It's a feast for the senses. Oh, yes, he's on his way there now. When your senses are hungry for nearly 100 great Americans preserved in effigy, laid out in regular intervals. We're talking about great Americans. Hall of Fame. That's right. Great. Look in the face of an American lawyer, planter, politician, orator, secretary of state under John Quincy Adams. That's right. Henry Clay, Hall of Fame inductee in the year 1900, original ballot. He was instrumental in formulating the Missouri Compromise of 1820, Henry Clay, the Compromise Tariff of 1833, and the Compromise of 1850, a man who truly believed in the ideal of no one getting everything they want. Known as Henry of the West and the Western Star. He had those nicknames, but his mama named him Clay. I'm going to call him Clay. An exquisite bronze bust to this Hall of Fame American was created by an American sculptor, Robert Ingersoll Aitken, who created the West Pediment of the Supreme Court. Have you been there? I've not. Well, in our nation's capital, it's a pediment, which is beyond compare. And for those who have gazed upon it unforgettable, I urge you do not look back at the East Pediment again. Once you look at the West Pediment, it will appear to you as a childish doodle, not carved out of stone, but smeared in the feces of a toddler. Uh, a foot above the baseboard, right where a toddler would draw in his own shit. Herman A. McNeil, architect of that trifle, generally missed by visitors. Thirteen symmetrically balanced allegorical figures in the back of the Supreme Court building, ever thus to artists who create a pediment 
from excrement. I'm talking about a guy who created, you know, the bust for Henry Clay and another guy who was a lesser artist. Now, the Hall of Fame for Great Americans, where you'll find educator, reformer, Horace Mann, a devoted Whig. He was a devoted Whig. That was a big political party back in the day. Yeah. I'd like to see the Whigs come back. Let's well, do that. His name has become virtually synonymous with molesting teenage boys. Horace Mann, the most high-profile and long-running school sex scandal in history. Horace Mann was a librarian and a Greek tutor. Shh. Bronze busts in the boogie-down home of hip-hop. You can check it out. We should we should take an outing there someday. I did not know that existed. Well, now you do. And you know too much about it, I would say. We've been doing this now for... We're in our third hour. Are we? We're <laughs> <laughs> Is this forever? Oh, Two NYPD detectives busted for the corona beatdown of a mailman. This is the second attack of cops on a mailman, or a confrontation at least, in, in a, uh, I guess, a sort of a small amount of time. Uh, these are detectives Angelo Pampina, 31, and Robert Carbone, who's 29. Uh, they, the reason they beat him down, he unwittingly gave directions to the man who killed two police officers uh, back when that happened. Oops. And I didn't know. But I wonder if there's some beef. But you know how, like, cops and firefighters have beef? Do cops and mailmen, have, like, have some burgeoning beef? I'm starting to think that yeah. that may be the case, yeah. I mean, because, you know, they, they really don't have a difficult job. And they half the time, they just don't do their job. You know, most mailmen, they just throw their shit in the garbage. Did you find, there was a guy who obviously had some kind of mental issues, he was a hoarder, who was a mailman, and they found, after I think like 16 years on the job, <laughs> he, he had, had all this mail in his house and in his car, and they started delivering it years and years and years later. I was like, what's the, like, no one cares oh, about that. And you're opening yourself up to some kind of weird lawsuits there, too. Yeah. Like, like, if you, look, I, if I would have filled out this sweepstakes... I could have, you know, or I was part of a, uh, what, a settlement. Like your test results. <laughs> like, that's what yes. I'm about. Oh, boy, all those things. I tell you, it's it's a bad situation with these mailmen. But this, this guy, I don't even know if there was any connection because, like, he seems as if uh, the cops say that, that it isn't about this. It's not a, they didn't have, like, surveillance on the guy. I mean, they say, like, look, they didn't even pay attention to that guy after his interview. His car remained flagged for some reason right. or another. They they had the, you know, and the, they're very nonspecific about his serious physical injuries, too. He says, I have mental energy, uh, injury. It sounds to me like it's a basis for a lawsuit. And if the cops would beat him up for no reason, sure. But then again, sometimes there's a confrontation and the cops need to beat your ass. That does happen. Mailmen can't get into confrontations. Have you seen them? I don't know. Well, mailmen, of course, man. They're, they're, you know, they, you ever heard of going postal, for Christ's sake? <laughs> Maybe, I don't know. Yeah, that's right. Maybe I just have not met the, the male persons that are so aggressive. They are out there, and uh, and, and, and there's there's so much aggression going on anyway. Just the, people, the way people live their lives sometimes. And the, I noticed that in this video from, from this next story, in Violent Brooklyn, a fair beating jackass who was busted for trying to grab a free ride resisted arrest so hard he had a seizure right on the platform <laughs> supposedly I'm, i, I have my doubts we should let people evade the fare the subway system is so terrible that we should let people ride are you free. crazy it's... the subway system is amazing it's no. one of the best in the entire world it's 
garbage. Oh. I hate it. I think you have not learned it or something. I, I mean, what, what exactly? It. It's gotten so much worse the time that I've lived here. What? Are you? Why? How? What is the issue? I remember like when Mayor Bloomberg was mayor, and I know you don't want to talk about Mayor Bloomberg, but he used to take the subway every day. I I take the subway every day, twice a day. But it's, What train do you take? I take the 456. Okay. Now that train sucks. Okay. That whole, that, that line but over there. I used there, to take the ACE and that the, train. That, the 456 service, uh, services are, are pretty packed. Yeah. Because it's all that's over on the east side. When right. they finish that second avenue line, oh boy, don't so hold your I'm breath for that. 75, <laughs> I might be able to get to work in a reasonable amount of time. Well, get a job that is not fucking off that green it's line. Midtown. I got it. And then before I worked in the financial districts, four, five, six. Okay, give me an idea of your, uh, sort of the general location of where you work. Uh, Midtown East. So, Midtown up East. The 50s. Okay. I'm going from Union Square. Okay. So from Union Square to Union to to, to uh, Midtown East. Okay, so you're talking like in the fifties, forties, fifties. Supposed 50s? to take fifteen minutes. That's how long it's supposed to take. Mm-hmm. That's what Google Maps tells me. Okay. Every morning it takes thirty-five because we're always delayed at fucking like twenty-third Street for no reason, and you just sit there stewing with rage. Yeah. And uh, and I think that you should be able to ride for free, but they're gonna raise it again. It's gonna be over three dollars, and I feel very. I'm a single issue voter. Anyone. Uh-huh. I can fix the trains. That's who I'm for. I would like. Well, no way you can fix the trains because there's too much corruption. The the, the unions are involved. You got to pay a certain amount. They, they could balance it out if they could just like find. If they could just hire people to do the job and not have to like go. I I am all for we extra El Chapo. We put him in Brooklyn and then we get to reduce his sentence because he has to handle all tunnel building for the subway system for the rest of his life. Uh, you don't think he actually built the tunnel himself? <laughs> well, but he organized. He has people. He's got organizers. He knows the best people. He's like the donald trump of tunnels he is the best yeah yeah well mexican trump el chapo uh well there's a reason people get to power and it's because they're so fucking bloodthirsty right well this 20 year old maurice morrow seen on cell phone video kicking punching uh, two officers as they calmly try to get him in cuffs he's repeatedly screaming help me please somebody help me and he's, he's like i'm gonna have a seizure i don't think anybody who has a seizure yells i'm gonna have a seizure <laughs> Total bullshit. Well, does it say if he has like a seizure disorder? Does it or does the? I think they would mention that if it was if it was true, right? right. But they don't mention it, and I and he like lays there, kicks his legs for a few minutes. Help me! I'm gonna have a seizure. Watch this! Watch the seizure I'm about to have. You know, the video has become such a big part of arrest now that you you have this running commentary. It's go, oh man, that's lame, man. Why you hit him? Why you hit him? Why you hit him? Lawsuit. The cops shouldn't have to deal with that. I don't even look at cops doing anything because, like, fuck it. Let them do their fucking job. And you don't know what was just going on here. The guy also had several outstanding warrants. The guy, uh, he he also was a suspect uh, in a string of robberies. And and he's only 20. It's it's not like the guy's... Yeah, but why uh, are there two cops post... I agree, probably good dude to arrest, but why are there two cops in a subway train to arrest? Like, they don't they have other bigger fish to, well to the, he is the big fish he's wanted in a, he's a suspect in a string of robberies he has outstanding warrants but that's who they're never, looking for they would never have caught him if he wasn't jumping the he just had to buy his monthly pass exactly he fine but that they're 275 but they're stupid and uh. that's what they do and that's how you catch criminals is you is you stand there where the criminals come it's like a it's like fishing you know what i mean I like guess. they look i got caught beating the fair one time and the only reason i did it was because i was like oh i guess this is free right now 
because they had the doors standing open and they're hosing everything off. And I'm like, oh, I guess uh, if it's wet, you can just walk through. <laughs> I don't know what my fucking. No, my lo- I think that's actually fair. That's that's how it should be. I had no logic. I was uh, I was traveling all day. I was tired. And I was like, I just fucking. Oh, I can just walk through a door without slowing down. And then there's two cops there. And they're like, oh, well, look at you. And you know what? They didn't like, oh, a white guy. Never mind. You're fine. You know, they make you go back and swipe. No, they gave me a fucking ticket for 60 bucks. Wow. And I could have gone back and swipe. I would have been glad to no, go back and swipe. Cheaper. Well, $7 of savings. They uh they they did it. They did it. See now, if I didn't pay that, that could be eventually some sort of outstanding warrant. That's but true. you know, law-abiding citizens law-abiding citizens are law-abiding citizens. That's me. And people who aren't aren't. Now, I want to do one more story before we stop because this crazy uh bunny hoarder (laughs) is a never-ending source of amusement to me like like the animal she's crazy about bunny rabbits wow she's the infamous gowanus uh rabbit hoarder dorota trek about this lady she tried to sue a lady she tried to sue for like uh, two billion dollars for a loss of rabbits right She's, she's representing herself against animal abuse charges for keeping more than 250 bunnies in squ- and they use the word bunnies a lot in the article. Uh, in squalid conditions on a Brooklyn line. Now she's in. I want to find this woman and speak to her about this, but I also am a little bit afraid of her. She's. Uh, I bet she had trained them. They're like attack bunnies now. She thinks that this proceeding is a corruption against these rabbits. Wow. Proclaiming that the court system is a pawn of the mafia. And she called the judge herself a crazy weirdo. I think she's just trying to get that in before it's hurled at her, you know. Uh, she had more than 170 rabbits on her property. She kept them outside, and, and so she keeps the the lot is gonna keep filling up. Well, yeah, but do you think she did she start with like two bunnies and now she has 250? She, I mean, she could have, right? Because that doesn't come from nowhere. They uh, it, when you when you look at the numbers on it, it's it's pretty fucking. You you wonder right. how are we not overrun constantly? It's just a they 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 have the the real you know rats too. Rats yeah. have a crazy ability to reproduce. I mean like, but but you know you don't have to put out a lot of bunny poison, right? But yeah, so did she want all these bunnies, or did they just happen? And she was like, "Well, I guess this is it now." Well, she's trying to. Uh, she she she's it's a she runs a garden, is what she's doing. Uh, here, here's what she says. Uh, <laughs> this judge really hates this lady too. She says it's the fact that you're not prepared, that you're not ready, is your own fault. And and then Dorota Track shoots back. This is not my fault. This is my strategy. She says, your strategy is to persist and persist and persist to the point where the case is not viable, and I'm not going to let that happen. She said that through gritted teeth, according to the Post. She said, you're making frivolous motions to delay the trial. Well, guess she says, and this is what she says back, guess what? The rabbits are still running in the garden, and they will always be in the garden because they are the Gowanus rabbits. <laughs> <laughs> well, here's what happened. Well, she's trying to breed uh, blue rabbits. She wants to breed blue and pastel-colored rabbits, I guess. She doesn't want to have to, you know... I, I don't know if it's a business thing. I think she genuinely just wants to make a new thing. Uh, but which, who, does she, is she going to sell them or does she want them for herself? Does she want to personally own hundreds of bunnies? I really don't think it's important to her. I think that she her idea is just the mass genetic, you know. Right. Uh, she just wants to have accomplished it. Yeah, exactly. The scientific side of it or, or whatever. The God. It's like she thinks she's like has the ability to just like... Uh, if you throw bunnies into a lot, right, right. then somehow they come out pastel. <laughs> they turn blue after a while. Wow. 
Uh, oh, I love New Yorkers like that. I think um, we're we're like dwindling on those. There needs to be more of this lady. I am. I'm a little. I guess I'm with you. I'm a little bit more uh, pro animal cruelty because I don't really mind. Uh, the thing about it is, they do. Have, some of them had syphilis. Now, uh, well, I, I don't. Bad. Now, if she's having unprotected sex with these rabbits, that's you know conjunctivitis to pink eye. That's very genital wounds. They seem to focus on the genital injuries <laughs> that they're suffering. Uh, bite wounds, torn ears. Her rabbit colony lives on, she says, bragging that there's about three dozen rabbits in her yard as of Wednesday, which means by the time she's back in trial uh, for uh, on June 27th, there'll be about 9,000 rabbits yeah. out there. But I, I guess my question is, like, if she had, like, 15 acres, like, if this woman lived in the suburbs somewhere, like, would we care that she had all these bunnies? Would it be a crime? No. Right. But if you're in New York, it's fucking weird. You can't just own 200 bunnies. It's not right. People, you can't do that. People, it starts to turn heads. Right. It, it, it was just an attraction. No. It, <laughs> it is not. But that's, that's the other thing. If she had made it into some kind of, like, weird petting zoo and got them all treated, I bet everyone would love her. I think so long as you're not cruel to them, you can have as yeah. many bunnies as she you want. To take them to the vet, but that's the thing about hoarders. They always think like I am protecting these animals and taking care of them. No, you're fucking them up. No, you're messing them up. Yeah. I bet the bunnies don't even like her. <laughs> I bet that's the worst part for her is the bunnies are mad. They have, don't even want to hang out. They with her. despise you. Yeah. But when she starts hearing the bunnies talk about how they despise her, that's when we're gonna have some real trouble. We're talking to today. Uh, wow, just just incredibly successful uh, young woman who has come to New York City. Uh, to uh, I don't know, become whatever it is you're going to become. You know, I mean, like you're a writer, uh, yeah. and 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 you know more about uh, everything going on in crime, I think, than than any other person you're at. You're how old are you? Twenty what? Twenty four. Twenty four. I mean, I get a kick out of that. It, it, talking to you is sort of like talking to one of those like like real smart nine year olds or something. <laughs> That's what I'm going for. That's my vibe. Smart nine year old. I like to give that off. Um. How did you do it? How did you get to be so superior that life just happens so easily for you that you find yourself coming from Kentucky? You're a foreign national of some sort. You f you finally become a citizen here in in the greatest city in the world, and now you're sitting in the in, in the West Village eating brie. Uh, how did how did this happen? Um, I I just don't really have a lot of a life, so I just work all the time. That's oh. like the worst answer. And uh, where uh, have you been recently? Uh, for my job, mm -hmm. um, I just got back from the Dominican Haitian border. Oh my God! Some reporting. See, it was fascinating. That's something not a lot of people do in their really? entire life. What's uh, Haiti like? Uh, not. I'm really hot and sweaty, and there's lots of mosquitoes. <laughs> and I, it's a beautiful. Both of them are beautiful countries. Uh -huh. I, will, I will preface that. Well, we, we have a lot of listeners crazy. there, so take it easy. <laughs> we don't want to piss off the Haitians. No, the craziest thing I have to tell you about the cows. Okay, the quantity of cows that I saw. It's insane. I've never. I didn't know there were this many cows like, on the earth. Oh, have you ever been to Georgia? I've I've seen cows like roaming in pastures, but these cows are like in the streets. Like these are cows you can just like be with them. They're not like out in pasture. They're just in the city. Oh, like you're driving your car down the dirt road headed to Haiti, and we get stuck behind cows for a half hour because you can't make a cow's not going to go any faster. It's just, it's going to go at its own pace. They don't assimilate and stuff. And no, like, they don't. Well, yeah, I guess that's, that, that's kind of like what they're there to do. If you live in a country that doesn't fucking pen the cows up on the fence. Well, you got to fucking wait for them. Yeah, but I found out that apparently in some of these places they're instituting animal jail because when there's like a rogue cow just roaming in the streets messing up traffic, the police can take it to animal jail and wait for its <laughs> owner to come get it. 
that's what they have to do, which is actually kind of genius. That's a good system. I think it, it would be just the minimum of what they could do. It's yeah. To at least take a, a cow who's blocking up traffic off the streets. Not only that, but like I mean, we do that here. It's just called we, the, the, you know, the uh, Society for the Prevention of Cruelty <laughs> to Animals or something, and then they they kill them in thirty days. But see, they give them back. You just have to like go get your cow at the end of the day. Yeah, at least they don't dump them in a furnace for no, Christ's no, sake. They just wait for you to r- figure out your cow's gone, and you have to go pick it up. I guess people will claim a cow, but not a dog. Yeah, because people take their dogs for granted. And there's they... also a ton of stray dogs. They're everywhere, all uh, over the DR. Oh, really? Yeah. And do they travel in packs a little bit? No, they they travel with actually, there's a lot of dog-goat combos, like a dog and a goat just wandering (laughs) down the street together. I think that you're confusing your trip to Haiti and Dominican (laughs) Republic with a Disney movie that you saw. Did they speak to you? Were they they pals? The amount of livestock, like the best traffic jam we were stuck in, there was an SUV in front of us, there was a dude on a donkey, there was cows. There was a guy on a motorcycle, and they're all trying to like honk at each other and yelling. And I was like, "This isn't actually that different from New York. Like, this is <laughs> the same vibe is there. Like, people raged in traffic." Yeah, I mean, the the Dominican Day Parade or something like that, or the, then then you probably do have a situation that is entirely uh, identical. Really, a guy on a donkey, and you know, it's Santeria and religion. It's the official religion of New York City crime porn. So, whenever I practice, uh, that's what I do: is I, I sacrifice a ferret or something. You know, whatever is up. Whatever's up, whichever God is telling me to do it. When you go to the Dominican Republic or Haiti, is there any danger? Is it one of those things where you're... Um, I had a security guy with me, but I didn't... The only place I felt like I was actually in danger was at the banana plantations. I stopped at some banana plantations, which are, like, there's obviously a lot of uh, of stuff going on there that maybe shouldn't, in the sense that you're paying people very little money to do extremely difficult labor, and they're living in squalor. Um, that yeah. was, they did not feel super comfortable with the banana plantation managers kind of like looming over us. Mm. And then one day I was sitting there having dinner and, um, we were staying at like this little coastal town. I'm just sitting there having my chicken, like having a very calm evening. And this guy walks by holding a big ass gun. I don't know what kind of gun it was, but he's just like dragging it behind him in the sand on the beach. Like that's just what his day was. And I was like, I should... I should go inside. Like, I don't know what your goals are, but he had like walked back and forth around me a couple times. I just, I went inside. He starts to circle. Yeah. You're like, I'll, I'll yeah. take my chicken indoors. But he was dragging his gun on the sand. I was like, is it like, is it going to fire just sand? Like, this seems really weird. <laughs> it seems like a weird strategy, whatever his strategy was. Yeah. I mean, you're leaving a gun print everywhere you go too. Yeah. So it'll be easy to find if you do commit some sort of crime. Right. There are footprints and gun prints. But you'll be long go. dead by then. It well, sounds like true. he was considering abducting you, I would say. Now, I, I there were dogs traveling in packs in Greece, and it's a very unnerving thing. I was there like in 2010 or some shit like that. When you see like a bunch of dogs, and there's like a leader dog, and there's a you know you can tell what the hell's going on. It's fucking like National Geographic or something. It's very frightening. Yeah. You go like if these dogs wanted to fuck with me, right? This would not be an issue. Yeah, that's what I learned about cows. They do not give a fuck. They'll mess you up. <laughs> no we way. We hit a cow at one point, and the cow turned to the car and started mooing and was it was not injured and it did not speed up and i was like okay you win this is the, our car is no match for a cow now what would that sound like like <laughs> really it was like a really extended angry moo i was hoping for an impression of the extended <laughs> basically that poly moo sense i missed that one yeah, you are that was an easy one too. such a great guest. I hope that you'll come on the uh, show on, on Kumia sometime. I know, I gotta do that. Um, come by tomorrow night. We're having a show at 
Uh, it's every Monday night at 7.30. You can watch it live. It's like this, if you've listened to this show for a long time, I hope that you're watching on, on Anthony Kumi because at this point, we have like 27 hours or so of like archived shows. Imagine that. Completely different shit. A visual element. So many great guests. I'm not going to bore you with the whole pitch now. Just go there. You can find it through my website, crimereport.nyc. Thank you one more time, Paul. Thank you for listening to New York City Crime. I'd like some penis.